Hey everyone, NeuroRebel here, and as an adult, I had a very large shift in the way I think, and interact and experience with the world. We're not broken. I didn't always know that. I didn't always know that autistic people are not broken. I didn't always know that I was not broken. My childhood best friend reminded me of this, when she shared her thoughts about why, when I disclosed the fact that I was autistic, she said that made everything make sense. I remember when you were younger and you couldn't do anything, but now I've seen you evolve into a totally new person. Who is able to do just about anything they set their mind to? It's been wonderful to see you grow and evolve over the years. It was a sweet and wonderful thing to hear, but it also cut like a knife. Transcript Rethinking the way we think about autistic people, from problems to possibilities. Hey everyone, NeuroRebel here, and as an adult, I had a very large shift in the way I think, and interact and experience with the world. 0 hours and 14 seconds, if you're a little bit curious about what this shift was, please, stay tuned. 0 hours and 55 seconds, when I found out that I was autistic, at the age of 29, fairly late in life. When I would tell people this newly discovered information, often they would have a range of reactions, from not knowing how to respond, to disbelief. 001 and 17 seconds, the reaction of one of my childhood, best friends growing up. Oh, okay, everything makes sense now. 001 and 27 seconds, in my experience coming out, autistic has been a lot like coming out queer. 001 and 32 seconds, what I mean by this is you have to come out over and over and over again. It is an endless process with each and every new person you meet. If you choose to disclose that information. The other thing. 001 and 45 seconds, that is very similar is when you do disclose this information to people who may have been close to you in your life, you may lose people. 001 and 54 seconds, that is because some people will be unable to accept this new information, in relation to the way they think of you. 002 and 5 seconds, in my experience, there have been a few reasons people push back and aren't willing to accept when I try to explain to them that I am autistic. 002 and 13 seconds, one reason, often, is they don't have a clear understanding of what autism is and what autistic people look like. 002 and 23 seconds, people tend to have a very narrow, preconceived, idea of what it means to be autistic. That idea may not match the person that is standing in front of them, because representation of autistic people has been very limited in the media and even now. I look at what we've got going on, it's not great, if we're honest. 002 and 50 seconds, something else that I've seen happen, when an autistic person is explaining their experience of what it is like to be autistic, you may hear, someone say, oh, well, doesn't everybody experience that? Or everybody feels that? 003 and 8 seconds, what I really hate is isn't everybody a little autistic these days? 003 and 12 seconds, ooh, ouch. 003 and 14 seconds, no. Everybody is not a little autistic. There is no little autistic. Autistic is a yes or no checkbox. You are, or you are not autistic. 003 and 25 seconds, years ago, many years ago, long before I was diagnosed and found out I was autistic, I remember sitting and listening to a woman sharing about the fact that she was autistic. 003 and 40 seconds, I'm glad I kept my mouth shut and didn't share my thoughts out loud. I remember thinking, as she shared her experience of what it was like to be an autistic person, well, it doesn't everybody's stories that? Well, yeah. 
I experienced that too. Yeah, I experienced that too. I experienced that too. I mean, everybody experiences that, right? 004, I didn't know I was autistic. 004 and 5 seconds, not everybody experiences those things, but I didn't know that back then. 004 and 13 seconds, so someone else, recently, that had told me, well, everybody experiences that or doesn't everybody do that? Who I know, told me this, when I came out and tried to tell them I was autistic. 004 and 28 seconds, I won't have this person, but now they, themselves, have disclosed that they are also autistic. 004 and 35 seconds, so I know two people now who have made these comments. Well, doesn't everybody experience that? Who have then later identified to be autistic? I'll leave you to think about that for yourself. 004 and 48 seconds, I would say that out of all of the reactions, to my disclosing of my late autism diagnosis at the age of 29, my childhood best friend's response was probably one of my favorites. 005 and 6 seconds, when she said, oh, suddenly everything makes sense I didn't have the need to now justify what I had just divulged. 005 and 18 seconds, many other responses, such as I'd never guessed, or you don't look autistic or, but you must be so high-functioning left me needing to do further explaining, because these responses seem to portray doubt. 005 and 39 seconds, that is one difference. I want to notate between coming out autistic or neurodivergent and coming out queer. 005 and 48 seconds, when I've come out in the past as a queer person, people don't typically question it, tell me that they would never have guessed they don't believe it or that I don't look queer. 006 and 2 seconds, for some reason, people feel like these responses are appropriate when you disclose being autistic. I think that has a lot to do with stigma. 006 and 13 seconds, we still have a lot of stigma around being autistic. When you tell someone you are autistic, right now, a lot of people are going to automatically assume that is a bad thing, because that's what they've heard, being autistic is a bad thing. They've heard that having autistic child is a bad thing, because that is what the message of the mainstream media has been saying for so long. 006 and 38 seconds, you share I'm autistic and someone says, oh no, you're not, I wouldn't have guessed. Because they think you are saying something bad about yourself. 006 and 52 seconds, when we hear people self-deprecating, even though that's not what we're doing, when we share that we are autistic, a lot of society's instinct and cultural instinct is to tell the person, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken, assuming that autistic people are broken. 007 and 11 seconds, we're not broken. I didn't always know that. 007 and 16 seconds, I didn't always know that autistic people are not broken. I didn't always know that I was not broken. 007 and 23 seconds, my childhood best friend reminded me of this, when she shared her thoughts about why, when I disclosed the fact that I was autistic, she said that made everything make sense. 007 and 39 seconds, my friend said, I remember when you were younger and you couldn't do anything, but now I've seen you evolve into a totally new person. Who is able to do just about anything they set their minds to? It's been wonderful to see you grow and evolve over the years. 008 and 4 seconds, it was a sweet and wonderful thing to hear, but it also cut like a knife. 008 and 10 seconds, it was a very double-edged statement because it sent me back to that place when I was younger. And I remember feeling very powerless. When I was a small person, a little autistic, literally, 
I had no idea what I was capable of. 008 and 42 seconds, I was very focused on all of the things I lacked. My weaknesses were magnified to me. 008 and 53 seconds, my mindset was very different than how it is right now, as an adult. 009 and 2 seconds, one of my biggest skills is being a good problem solver. 009 and 11 seconds, I want to talk about why I am such a good problem solver, because this is another one of those double-edged problems. 009 and 20 seconds, gifts, curses, which is it? Well, it depends on how you look at it. There's duality, like with many things in the autistic experience. 009 and 29 seconds, on one hand, yes, I am an excellent problem solver, but that comes from the fact that I am unable to let things go. 009 and 40 seconds, when there's a problem in my head, I can't stop thinking about it. It's going to be in my head until I solve it. 009 and 50 seconds, there is a drive to solve the problem that makes me a good problem solver, but also can be really hard when I want to put something down and it is just here and it won't leave me alone. 010 and 9 seconds the other thing that makes me a really good problem solver, that kind of can suck a little bit, from my experience as a human, is that I tend to look around and see problems that needs to be solved. 010 and 30 seconds, oh, yeah, that sounds great. You see problems that need to be solved. 010 and 35 seconds, it's great, unless you see problems everywhere you look, so you're constantly looking around, seeing all the problems in life and focusing on all the things that need to be fixed nonstop, because you can't stop thinking about the problems you see, and you see so many problems. 010 and 57 seconds, it's easy to get in a point where problems can be all that you think about. 011 and 3 seconds, at the point in my life that my childhood friend was speaking of, when I was a literal little child, autistic, I was in that place where all I could see were problems. I was completely overwhelmed and bogged down with the problems, so much so that I couldn't see any of the possibilities. All of the problems left, no room for possibilities. 011 and 43 seconds, this is one of the main reasons I say it is so, incredibly, important that, when we are working with autistic young people, or if you are someone who works with autistic people in general, you help them focus on their strengths and what they are good at. 012 and 5 seconds, I, personally, know the pain and trouble that can be brought around from only focusing, or focusing too heavily, and getting stuck, thinking about everything you're bad at. 012 and 22 seconds, before I learned I was autistic, in my mid-twenties, I was going through a little bit of a. I don't want to say midlife crisis, cause it wasn't midlife, but a life crisis, where I realized things weren't working for me very well and I wasn't truly happy with a lot of things in my life. 012 and 44 seconds, I started searching for answers and trying to find ways to be happier. 012 and 53 seconds, the ways of thinking, the I can'ts and living in fear, being afraid to try new things, I identified as hindering my life. 013 and 7 seconds, I started making efforts to change the way I think. Instead of being stopped, cold in my tracks, afraid to try, stuck behind what could go wrong, I started pushing myself. 013 and 30 seconds, when these, what could go wrong or what if this goes wrong or you'll never succeed thoughts came in, I remember starting to talk to myself and saying, yeah, but what if I succeed? What if it goes right? 013 and 52 seconds, I've had to learn, when I start to get worried about failure, to imagine what success could look like. 014 and 7 seconds, 
I've learned sometimes things do take me longer to achieve may take me longer to learn something that it takes someone else, but eventually, I can learn most things if I really put my mind to it. 014 and 23 seconds, I didn't know this when I was that little child autistic who didn't believe in themselves. 014 and 32 seconds, I've learned to believe in myself more through my small successes, even if many of them were long and slow to achieve. Being and growing up and entering the workforce as an undiagnosed undiscovered, autistic adult meant I had to go through many avenues in life, in non-traditional ways, sometimes taking the long way around, but that's okay. 015 and 4 seconds, my way is different. It's not the way everyone else does things, but that doesn't make it wrong. 015 and 13 seconds, we need to make a shift when talking about autistic people, we need to empower autistic people. We need to focus on what autistic people can do. 015 and 32 seconds, we've already spent enough years talking about the problems, focusing on struggles. 015 and 41 seconds, if you would ask anyone to only focus on their struggles, eventually that would really wear them down. 015 and 50 seconds, this is oppressive. In fact, it's a tactic that's sometimes used in coercion, manipulation, and mind control to make people believe they are lesser people, incapable people, people that will never be able to amount to anything. 016 and 9 seconds, throughout the history and cultures and societies, these are things we've done to oppress people. 016 and 17 seconds, whether or not it's been done intentionally, this focus entirely on weaknesses and what autistic people can and can't do, how autistic people fall short, when compared to non-autistic people is a huge injustice. 016 and 35 seconds, whether it is intentional or not, we're putting autistic people in mental cages. We're putting them in boxes and telling them not to dream or hope. 016 and 51 seconds, but there is hope, and you can dream and you can break out of this mental box. It is a box you never should have been put in in the first place. It is a box that we must destroy and stop putting autistic young people into, forcing them to work hard, trying to find a way out. 017 and 16 seconds, the box is the neurotypical box. We are autistic. Our box should be a completely different shape, if we should be boxed in at all. 017 and 25 seconds, why do we need to put people in boxes? Why can't we just let people exist and be free, without pushing them to be something they are not? 017 and 35 seconds, okay that got intense really quickly. 017 and 38 seconds, Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this longer video, give me a thumbs up, because I didn't mean for this talk to be this long. It just kind of happened. If you enjoy that long video, let me know. 017 and 49 seconds, also, if you have topics, requests, suggestions, questions, for a future upcoming video, or maybe I'll do a live if I get enough questions, drop those below. 018 and 4 seconds, drop your questions, drop your suggestions, drop your comments. I do this for you. I couldn't do it without your guidance and help. 018 and 12 seconds, also a very special thank you to the Neuro Rebel subscribers. 018 and 16 seconds, whether you're subscribing on Facebook, YouTube, or Patreon, those subscribers, who do pay that little to be a part of supporting the work that I do of the Neurodivergent Rebel blog, gain access to videos like this one early before they are released to the public. 018 and 37 seconds, it's just a very small, thank you for those of you who do help support the blog monetarily, to help me continuously create and put out this high quality content. 
I really couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. 018 and 52 seconds, thank you. Whether you're subscribing, whether you are commenting, whether you're sharing. Whatever you're doing, I am so grateful you are here in the Neuro Rebel web sphere, and that you have found me. 019 and 8 seconds, I am grateful for you. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next Wednesday. 019 and 14 seconds, bye internet humans. Bye, 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 bye. Help me get the word out. Dash if you like what I do, and would like more, please consider subscribing on Patreon. This blog is made possible by support from readers like you. Sharing my content is also equally helpful.